everyone, and welcome back to episode number five of Finding Purpose with Melanie. I am always so happy for you to be joining me on this journey because it really demonstrates your curiosity about yourself and your willingness to make space to learn more about who you are and to develop the tools necessary to become your best self. So I'm so excited for you to join me today. I'm equally impo- I'm equally excited because of the topic that we're going to talk about. And the topic for episode number five is I'm going to walk you through attachment. I'm going to walk you through the different types of attachment styles. Many of us want to be able to form intimate connections with others. We want to be able to find and be that that perfect person, you know, that person that can have a relationship, that can have, you know, someone by their side. We we desire that and we crave that, but it's often at times very difficult. Relationships are difficult. And when we understand what our attachment style is, it allows us to consider our history in relationships, but then it also allows us an opportunity to transition and change. One of the most important things I want you to learn and that I really want to instill in you is your ability to change. You are not stuck with who you are. You are not stuck with the choices that you've made in the past. Every single day, you have the opportunity to choose again. And I'm excited because one of the reasons why I started this podcast is I want to bring the awareness to you and I also want to offer and instill hope that change is possible. And I'm excited. So, I wanted to go ahead and get started today with our mindfulness activity and I know we've been doing a lot of different ones so we have a lot to talk about today and I'm going to just get right into it. What I was thinking and meditating about what I wanted to do and talk about for mindfulness today, I wanted to talk and find a poem that I thought was really applicable and this poem Just this line of this poem is something that I think about a lot, and I'm sure you've maybe heard of it as well. So the mindfulness activity today is to listen to this poem, to listen to this sentence, and consider. The wound is where the light enters you. The wound is the place where light enters you. Rumi, Persian. We must show our wounds to the light and everything that you keep inside of you, that shadow self, that unworthiness, that feeling of smallness, when you bring it to the light, it may initially burn. Ooh, oh, I I don't like that. And you may want to retreat back into the cave of your safety, back into the cave of your comfort zone. But trust me, when we finally uncover our truth, when we finally bring it to the surface, 
healing begins because we must allow the wound the opportunity to heal, the opportunity to breathe. So it's time. It's time for you to heal. And it's time for you to expose all that you've been hiding. I love you all. So thinking about that, if you want to write that down again, it's the wound is the place where the light enters you. So I want to now transition into talking about attachment. Attachment is the emotional bond that forms between two people. And when we feel secure in our emotional bonds, in our ability to form emotional bonds, this allows us the opportunity to explore, explore the world around us, explore new opportunities. We're open-minded, we're open to learning. We learn how to regulate our emotions. So setbacks or challenges don't completely floor us or keep us there. We learn that we're constantly evolving and changing. We build resiliency in the face of adversity and we learn to trust ourselves. When we feel secure in our ability to emotionally bond, we also have higher self-esteem. We dare more greatly and we love others and ourselves more freely. However, when we are wounded in our attachments, this can lead to feelings of isolation, behaviors of isolation, avoiding emotionally bonding with someone, having poor emotional regulations where emotions can just take over when they take the, the seat of the soul and low self-esteem. We may have trouble trusting others and we feel fearful to love and to get close. We may also attach very tightly to someone who may not be the best for us because we're afraid to be abandoned. And we may become enmeshed in other people which means that our sense of self becomes so engrossed in another person that we don't really know who we are. We can feel like we get lost in another person. And on the opposite end, we may feel that we can't rely on others to meet our emotional needs, so we choose not to connect at all. Our attachment style is very important and it's developed and it's shaped largely by our primary caregivers very early in life. And I'm going to talk to you as adults today and talk about attaching, you know, within partnerships, but I want you to think about the development of your attachment style. And I love all of our caregivers and I'm grateful for the best that they could do. However, our caregivers are our first example of the world. And attachment style and attachment theory was 
able to make sense of adult attachments because of how adults attached in infancy and in childhood. They often say that our attachment style as a child is our attachment style as an adult. There are four main styles of attachment. Okay, four main styles. The first one is a secure attachment. We have the ability to form anxious attachments. Then there is avoidant or dismissive attachment. And then lastly, number four is disorganized attachment. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go into each of the four different types of attachment. And then we're going to wrap up with just a reflection. I first want to plant the seed before we begin to do something with it. Okay. First, we have to plant the seed of awareness, allow it the opportunity to grow before we can harvest. So the first type of attachment is called secure attachment. And secure, attach secure attachment ultimately is the goal. Okay? People who have secure attachment, who have secure attachment styles, typically agree with the following statements. It is easy for me to become emotionally close to others. I feel comfortable depending on others and having others depend on me. I don't worry about being alone or not having others accept me. Secure attachment is created initially in childhood when infants and young children receive responsiveness from their caregiver and warmth. So when they run up to you or when they've done something and they look at you and as a caregiver, you're looking at the child, you know, they may hurt themselves, you may hug them. So you're very responsive to the needs of the child and you're offering a lot of warmth. What happens in secure attachment is you have a positive view of yourself and you have a positive view of others. You're very comfortable with intimacy, getting close to other people, having other people getting close to you, and you're very comfortable with independence. So you're able to have relationships with others, have that closeness, but you don't lose your sense of self. You're very comfortable with being independent. You're very comfortable when that partner is not there or they aren't able to respond right away very comfortable in yourself. You, you, you trust others. Moving forward to the next type of attachment style is called anxious attachment. Individuals with anxious attachment style, they may have a positive view of others, but a negative view of themselves. So people with anxious attachment may agree with statements like this. I want to be intimate with others, but others are hesitant to be close to me. 
I am not comfortable with being alone. I always have to have a close relationship and I worry that I may value others more than they value me. Individuals with anxious attachment, they get very anxious and they require a lot of responsiveness from their partner. So this may be, you know, you haven't heard from your partner for an hour. Why aren't they texting me? Text, 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 call, call, call. You're very anxious. Where are they? What's going on? Uh, even talking about, I'm like talking rapidly. So that's an example. You, they need a lot of responsiveness um, from their partner. And when they're not getting that, they get very anxious, very overwhelmed, very dysregulated. Intimacy can be valued so much that they become overly dependent or lose themselves in another. So this is a great example of a term that we will talk about in the future of codependency. But they just, they value that intimacy so much and they are so dependent on the other person that the idea of being independent is frightening. So with individuals who are anxious, instead of learning how to regulate their, emo their own emotions, oh, well, I didn't hear back from this person. I sent them a message or two, and when they get back to me, they will. They've learned to independently regulate their emotions. What happens with someone with anxious attachment is that they, their anxiousness does not decline until they're with that person, until they can physically and emotionally get that responsiveness. So their ability to regulate is now dependent on another person's appearance in their life. They may experience doubt so really doubt their worth as a, as a person and blame themselves for the lack of responsiveness. So for example, if you are needing that emotional closeness, but you're met with someone not being there, you may feel that it's your fault. What did I do that this person is no longer responding? Or what did I do that um, upset them so much? So you start to kind of take on this negative perspective that it's your fault. You start to say, it's my fault for the decision of someone else. What we notice with anxious attachment is there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of anxiety of anxiousness. There can be impulsiveness. So, you know, showing up at someone's house, for example, maybe that's an example, just this really unregulated self, just really in fight, flight, or freeze, very unregulated until the other person comes. So you're very dependent on somebody else to be able to learn to regulate yourself. Moving forward to attachment, I guess this would be the third one, no linear order whatsoever, guys, is dismissive avoidant attachment style. And Individuals who have dismissive avoidant attachment styles may agree with the following statements. I am comfortable without close relationships. I feel independent and self-sufficient 
I don't need to depend on anybody to meet my needs. I don't want to depend on others or have others depend on me. It's like saying, I'm good. I'm good. So with dismissive avoidant attachment, independence is very important. And as we learned, independence can be very healthy with secure attachment. However, with dismissive avoidant attachment, this idea of self-independence is actually a challenge because independence is used to avoid attachment altogether. Individuals with dismissive avoidant attachment, they may just suppress and hide their emotions altogether, which then results in individuals really not knowing how to express their emotions. So they really just hide them, suppress them. If they come up or they want to express it, they've learned that I can't depend on anyone for emotional closeness. I have to do everything myself. Individuals who have dismissive avoidant attachment, how they deal with rejection is really by distancing themselves from the source of rejection. So when we think about our caregivers, in this particular instance, what a child may learn early on in life to have developed a dismissive avoidant attachment is that my caregivers cannot meet my emotional needs and they don't want to. So I'm not even going to reach out to them to do that. I'm going to rely on myself because they're not capable of doing it. And this also can show up in relationships as well, where it's very hard for dismissive avoidant attachment style to connect with others because Yes, on one hand, you crave that intimacy, but you've learned that to not rely on others to meet those needs because the belief has been ingrained so deeply that other people cannot, that you would, you would prefer to be alone. Emotional needs in dismissive avoidant attachment often went neglected. So as I mentioned they were learned they were they were they learned and were taught that caregivers were not there and that they really began to rely on themselves the last this the last attachment style is called disorganized and in disorganized attachment style it's a little bit of both you may see an anxious anxious attachment style and an avoidant attachment style. There's kind of this ebb and flow between this idea of a very unstable view of self and others. Sometimes I, I feel very good about myself. Sometimes I don't feel very good about myself. Sometimes I want to trust others. Sometimes fuck no. So it's this, it's very unstable, it's very disorganized. Disorganized attachment style, it's often seen and often found to be very prevalent in trauma. Individuals who 
have experienced different types of abuse, neglect, loss in their lives. So it's very disorganized. And individuals with this attachment style may agree with the following statements. I am somewhat uncomfortable with getting close to others. I want to be intimate and close, but it's hard for me to trust or depend on people. I worry that if I allow you to get close to me, you may hurt me. Individuals with disorganized attachment style may feel that they are unworthy of responsiveness. So let's say that an infant goes to their parent and the parent turns away or uh, turns away from their need to connect, um, looks off, is emotionally numb, cold, not warm. With disorganized attachment style, um, a little bit different in comparison to dismissive avoidant is that disorganized takes on the identity that they are not responding to me because I am unworthy of the response. So self-esteem can completely be hit here, very depleted at this time. There also is a lack of trust with intention. What is your intention here? And that, be, that comes because with caregivers, when it comes to, and I've done some research here, so I don't want to get too far left, but ultimately disorganized attachment style is developed because the caregiver sometimes meets their emotional needs and sometimes doesn't. So it's always as a child, when you've experienced trauma, you really don't quite know what the intentions are. Is this person being really nice to me because they have intentions to do something? When, when this person has shown such violence and anger and now they're being nice, like I'm confused. So what you'll find here is, and it feels like so in alignment with me now that I think about it, but really not trusting like what is your intention here? So whereas like a secure attachment may say, you know, this person has the intentions to get to know me and I'd love to get to know them. This, is, this may be, what is your intention here? You know, are you intending to hurt me? Do you have like some hidden agenda? So similarly to dismissive avoidant, Individuals with disorganized attachment style, they may seek less intimacy from others. They may not want to emotionally bond, and they may also suppress or deny their emotions because they're afraid of how the emotions will be felt. They'd rather just deal with that on their own. And there can be somewhat of a discomfort to express emotions. So I want to, I want to express your, my emotions to you, but I'm very uncomfortable with that. So those are the four types of attachment. So we have secure attachment, anxious, avoidant, dismissive, and disorganized. And it's important for you to understand what is your current baseline attachment. 
Now, without going too far left, I want to let you know that we often see um, secure attachment bond with secure attached people. We often see that anxious avoidant, anxious individuals tend to bond with avoidant individuals. And disorganized can be a little bit of both. The reason why I want you to think about what your attachment style is because we can unravel our history so that we can begin to shift into secure attachment. I want to let you know that he, if you have a partner who has a secure uh, who has a secure attachment, who is comfortable with relying on others and having others rely on them, who is comfortable with emotions, who is comfortable with intimacy and independence. If you have a partner like that, but you, but you are maybe fearful of that bond, very anxious or dismissive or avoidant or unsure, I want to let you know that actually healing can happen in that relationship. So yes, right now, attachment style may feel like bricks. Can I ever change, Melanie? And I want to say, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And how change begins, and we will talk further along the lines. I want to talk to you about everything all at once, but I don't want to bombard you, is we will talk about the cycle of change. And the first, for me, the first stage of change is called contemplation, which ultimately is bringing this into awareness. So I don't want you to judge yourself. I want you to set the goal that I understand that this is my attachment style. I'm beginning to make notice. Where did this stem from? I want you to start to think about that because when we understand where it came from, we're then able to change the behavior, to change our thoughts around the behavior, to learn to regulate. So each and every one of us, we have the ability to have thriving, healthy relationships where we learn to have disagreements that may have an emotional reaction, but we do it respectfully with each other. We're able to come back to the starting line when we're ready. We're, we're able to learn to regulate our own emotions. We're able to say, Yes, you didn't text me back, but I know that you're really busy and I know that you will get back to me. And that other person will get back to you because they are secure and they want to be able to bond. So I'm super grateful for you all. And what I want you to do, this call of action, this bringing of awareness, and we will touch back on attachment because I don't want to just give you this information without talking about different ways that if you find yourself in an anxious or dismissive avoidant or disorganized attachment style, I want to help you begin the process of transitioning into a secure base. We all want love. I was just thinking that, dang, don't you miss just 
kissing somebody that you feel emotionally charged, you know, that space in between, um, being able to rely on others and having others rely on you. So I'm excited because for me personally, I, you know, am wanting to work to be a secure base for somebody, but also a secure base within myself. I would like to learn to have um, very healthy relationships and be able to express emotions and vulnerability and not run away when things get tough, you know, keep showing up to the starting line. So I'm excited because it begins just with that awareness. And I love this too, and I, I am going to end, I'm not on a rant here, but I love this too because you can think about your partner and what do you need to do? Let's say I'm with someone who may meet the criteria of being very avoidant or dismissive. What, do I, what can I do to begin to be a secure base for them where healing can happen? Healing happens in relationships. Healing happens in relationship. So I love you all. I'm so grateful for you. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week. Your call to action is just to consider what is your attachment style and where do you think it came from? And to think about how, as a child, were your emotional needs met? And even if you feel, and I love this, if you feel like, wow, you know what, Melanie, after listening to this podcast, I feel like I got my shit together. Like I have a secure base. Please share, you know, what did your caregivers do that, or, you know, what did a teacher do or someone in your life that provided that for you? What did they do? It's all about awareness. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And thank you for tuning in to Finding Purpose with Melanie.